Feelings Full Calling 90 Day Fiance, podcast where two friends recap a TV show suggested by a stranger on the internet. Because it's run of times and I can't deal with true crime right now. So instead, please join us as we consume, digest, and regurgitate the Learning Channel's 90 Day Fiance. Thank you for joining us today as we talk about Season 8, Episode 3 of the Learning Channel's 90 Day Fiance, the title of which is Bless This Mess. I'm Lo, and I'm here with my friend Sean. Hi, love. Hi, love. I think the theme of this episode is, like, power struggles. Just that classic struggle between the partner and the mother was really highlighted in this episode. So we get the flashback to previous episodes, the main beats of which were Julia saying, Brandon need be men. True. Hazel being by the fact that Yara doesn't want to sleep in odd places and that Uncle Bo has got to go. Those were our recap of the recap at the beginning of the episode. Mm. In case you forgot who you were, where you were and what's going on. Whose hands are these? <laughs> and then we get into the actual episode. Are you ready to go um, sightsee in Washington, D.C. with Brandon and Julia and Betty and Ron? No. Too bad, because Betty's got a full day planned, and you're already three and a half minutes away from getting your ass kicked by her, because it's 1217, and Julia's still in bed. My entire body hurts for Julia <laughs> watching this episode. My first thought is, you've got mom being type A, and she's got the schedule out. My first thought is, Washington, D.C. is fucking exhausting. Okay. Because a lot of people say it's like the most European city in the United States, barring maybe New York City or New Orleans. Yeah. But there is so much to do and so much to see. Yeah. And it is so easy to burn yourself out. So you can see just the light behind her eyes extinguish when yeah. she realizes it's another day with Betty leading the cavalry through washington dc it's just like oh my god it just mm -hmm. it made me so sad i would believe that betty had a printed out physical itinerary she's visibly pissed that you know she acknowledges that julia's jet lagged but she's like vibrating with irritation that it is past noon and they still haven't gotten to start their day it's just so frustrating because it's like betty this isn't about you as Julia says, they they hung out with them all day the preceding day. They're going to be with these people every day from here on out. Can you just give Brandon and Julia a day to themselves? Betty. Betty. Every fiber of my being hurts for her. Betty, not Bonnie, by the way. At some point, we both started calling her Bonnie. I don't know what the fuck happened, but her name is Betty. It's what she deserved. <laughs> well, let's just call her not the Bonnie. Yeah. So, not the Bonnie. Um, <laughs> or Acid Betty. By the way, the, the only way I can find her tolerable is to stare at her on screen and wonder what she'd look like with wildly <laughs> different haircuts. <laughs> like, I just kind of turn the volume down and I'm like, what if she had, like, a side part? Yeah. What if she had, like, a full-on, like, Jerry Hall 1975 <laughs> thing happening, you know? Would that change my opinion of her? Whatever gets you through the segment. I mean, who knows what Brandon has to do to get through life with Betty. He says, we decided to spend the weekend sightseeing in D.C. I don't know who we is, but Julia definitely was not part of that we. She's already sick of Ron and Betty. She just, she's like, let's just stay in this hotel room. She'd rather stay in that hotel room and fuck Brandon than get dragged around D.C. It's hard because I kind of, get where Betty's coming from because that's how I kind of roll and I, I'm a plaque reader and I love historical shit but Betty and Julia are so not on the same page and it's hard to watch. They are on the same page about this stupid sleeping in the same room bullshit weirdly. They both acknowledge separately that Julia and Brandon are going to fuck. It's just the where <laughs> and the when that they're not agreeing on. They had a detente, and in, into which Julia said to not the Bonnie, we gon' fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
basically like we said in the last thing it's going to be like cruising like is it going to be behind the the pig shed or is it going to be uh on the roof virgin suicide style (laughs) what's it going to be you know make it fun why not enjoy it you've got the rest of your lives to fuck in a bed in your own habitat bring like a a cassette deck and play (laughs) a heart's self-titled album softly in the background roll around in the hay soft enough so you can hear a twig snap if uh, not the bonnie is approaching i get the feeling that if betty knew that let's say they're like you know fucking in horse stall number five i think she would stay away she would be able to tell from the behavior of the dogs that something was going on and she would just avoid the area it's just so stupid there is so much oxygen expended in the something is wrong with us sleeping together thing mm-hmm. on this on this show it's like our parents don't want us sleeping in the same bed mm-hmm. and it's usually in multiple cases it's the woman coming to live with the man and the man is the one who defaults and doesn't tell the woman he lets his mother and father tell them you yeah. know like oh you're sleeping in and it didn't work with Jasmine and Blake yep. in their last season and it really doesn't work this all falls on brandon's shoulders just like it did with blake yep we're just seeing these repeating patterns like you said shirley bassey history repeating and it's also they can repeat like you know oh it's you know my it's my mom yeah it's my mom and it's like grow some fucking balls him and blake are both total wieners with no balls what are you gonna do with that heaven's gate anyway Bon Jovi and Yara Sophia, let's go to the bayou. Speaking of, they're still on this bullshit about whether or not Yara is going to sleep at his mom's house. And he's like, we're just going to pack some stuff just in case it happens. And she's like, it's not going to happen. I don't want to do it. And he's just like, yeah, 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 come on. For thinking that they're the couple that's going to have, like, the explosive fireworks being lobbed at our way, like, they bored me to tears this episode. It's like, uh... Uh, Agreed. They were super boring. I'm so bored. It's like, you're you're trying to decide if you're going to do a sleepover. Great. So I get it. This is kind of a cultural thing on Jovi's part. I've been around people who I think at some point, I think Grace, Jovi's mom, might have said, like, we just stay asleep. We just stay asleep. If we're hanging out somewhere and it gets to be late, we just stay asleep. That's how we roll. And that's great for some people. That's how some people do stuff. And other people, like Yara, I would imagine Yara has, like, a nighttime regime that takes 45 minutes to an hour and a half. She's got to pre-cleanse, then do the cleansing oil, then do the cleanser, then pat the serum. She's using the Korean skincare method, so it takes a while, and she needs all of her shit. And she just doesn't want to sleep here and there willy-nilly. I get it. But she's also kind of a shithead about it. Her face looks kind of cadaverous, don't you think? Her pallor is a little deathly, don't you think? That could be a bad foundation choice, you know? Or do you think it's Jovi? That he's just turning her green because she's... Yeah. Maybe she's jaundiced. I actually was doing it more with her hair color. I think those are just like lighting things because sometimes people on the show do have almost like a taupe cast to their complexion. And I think... They they, do, don't they? They probably look normal in real life. It's just a weird lighting thing. I do believe that Yara is alive. Oh, compared to some of the other people we've seen on this show, yes. There is a pulse. Um, Yeah. And... That pulse uh, passed the fricassee test. God. She said it. And that was the same as, uh, you know, Princess Di at Balmoral, honey. Everyone was so proud of Yara's ability to say fricassee. What's the name of the town? La Rose? Yeah. She's the Princess Di of La Rose now. I like, too, that Yara's like, you don't want me to stay here. My hair get all over everything, which is actually something I thought of. It's like, Yeah, you don't want Yara. I don't want Yara in my car. If you've got fabric interiors in your car and Yara even like gets into your Uber, there's going to be Yara hair all over your car, you know? Just from static? Like what? Why is why? I think it's just because like her hair is like four feet long. So each hair takes up a lot of space. And then you figure that the average human loses a hundred hairs a day. So you've got like a hundred four foot long hairs and it it's like a thing. I do remember when I was in the dormitories, stepping into the shower stall after one guy who had butt hair. He had like Mm -hmm. hazel hazel butt hair. 
and it would just be matted to the walls on either side of the stall. And it's just like, yeah. oh, they need to make, make a special kind of Dyson for Yara. There are full on tumbleweeds probably wherever she lives. It's a tumbleweave. Yeah. Tumbleweave. <laughs> yeah. I like that. She is self-aware enough to acknowledge that though. And he's already talking about how he's going to ditch her any day now for work. He's like, oh yeah, maybe earlier. I don't know. I don't know why he couldn't have put in to just take some time off. This is a major life event. And he's going to pull a Tanya and leave for a month in the middle of it. And she's pissed and she's right to be pissed. It's too fast. She's like, I just got here. I don't know how anything works or where anything is. And then you're just going to leave. Jovi. Oh, you were so excited for Jovi and Yara, and now they're disappointing you. There needs to be more. Do a naked cartwheel or something, because I'm I'm bored. You want her hanging from the ceiling by that hair, Cirque du Soleil style? No, I want him hanging by the ceiling with that hair. <laughs> Dem teeth. Are you into it? Are you having feelings for Jovi? I don't think he's bad looking. He's he's not my type, but I'm there's a, I pick up something. Okay. You know. You're getting some pheromones through the TV. There's some sort of vibe there. Yara and Grace, Jovi's mom, are getting into it about this wedding thing. Again, I think Yara is being a dick because her whole thing is like, I don't want a wedding for one side of family. I don't want. She said even if her family could come there. She doesn't want to do a wedding specifically in La Rose, which I understand. It looks not great. Is is Jovi an only child? I don't remember. I don't think so. I think he had brothers. Okay. Because Gwen's really bummed. She wants to see her son get married. And there's and she makes a good point where she's like talking about how Yara has she's come all the way here. She's saying she's going to live in America. Just fucking get married in America. At least maybe do like a little Vegas thing or something. And Yara is just being shitty about it why can't you do two small things yeah do something here and do something there you know yeah Yeah, this is another thing that we've come across and asked ourselves that question like hey angela you want to have a wedding in georgia great do one in nigeria first and then do one in georgia the legal stuff is almost like its whole own separate thing, right? Where you go to the courthouse and you do all that shit anyway. It's just the ceremony. These people need to think outside the goddamn box. They're all so dumb. You know that great Mima can't travel with her chin like that. I know. Which, okay, that's fair. Yara is just, she either is picking weird hills to die on or she's not articulating what hill she wants to die on very well. Because I still don't understand her whole thing about this wedding deal and she gets this kind of smug look on her face like mm-hmm. like i'm winning this battle <laughs> on one hand it's like should i congratulate her for standing her ground and for recognizing that the the mom is repeatedly trying to push her own point of view ultimately like what are we really talking about it's like it, what fight are we so excited that we're winning you know yeah. I, I don't know exactly that's stupid ground to stand and you know i don't know even if you're jasmine like at least get a white slip dress and go stand somewhere for a day and look pretty and get a bunch of pictures taken of yourself. And you'd think you could sell it to Yara that way. Like, you're going to have a lot of professional photos taken of you, Yara, and your hair is going to look really pretty and we'll get someone to do your makeup. Do you think that would make her happy? I think it might be a motivator for her. I just foresee complaining. Quite frankly, you know. It's like Bon Jovi said in the last episode, but she hasn't stopped complaining since she set foot on American soil. Yeah, and I gotta be honest with you, it's like he did he already did a lot more for her than most men on this mm. show do for uh, their future spouses. Yep. Alright, are you ready to go to Roseville, California and meet our new people? Am I ever? Let's do this. Well, have you been to Roseville, California? I don't really know where it is. I may, like maybe I've driven through it. They showed Redwood, so I'm assuming it's like Northern California. But I'm pretty limited to the um, East Bay, Pleasanton, Danville, Concord, Walnut Creek, uh, Black Hawk. Um, location, location, location. You know, you know how it is out there. Yeah, we know how you how you do enjoy Black Hawk. So they keep showing this clip of Andrew sucking in a bunch of helium and talking. And I I really don't want them to show this clip. I really want them to stop. I hope it doesn't happen anymore after this episode because it really creeps me out. 
It's like, hey, baby. Oh, God. Hey, baby. I love you. Hey, baby. Uh-huh. I just, I did the balloon. I work in a daycare. <laughs> Can't give me a big hug. Mom. Mom. Oh, Jesus. Make it stop. I get weird vibes from Andrew. I think it's because there's like a wolf in sheep's clothing sometimes with these guys that come off as just sweet and nerdy and introverted. They can really flip on you. So we'll see what happens for Amira. But yes, Andrew lives in Roseville, California. He is 32. He runs a daycare center with his mom. They do this whole lead in where you think he's like a LARPer or something where they show him getting dressed in like medieval Renaissance fair garb. But no, it's just story time at the daycare center. So that was kind of cute. They were showing like the sword going in the scabbard and shit and him putting on all this like black velvet. Andrew works 12 to 13 hours a day at the daycare center. And that's why he is single and doesn't have any friends, Sean. That's why. At least he seems articulate. Yeah, it's weird. I He has thrown up a red flag for me so hard. Really? Okay. How'd you enjoy the, the scene of him playing tennis by himself? It was a little bit uh, blind melon for me. Yeah, I did notice that he had a toy French braid. Wow. Yeah. That, okay. He's going to be a lot to dive into. Like I said, I, mm, I've got a weird feeling about him. But the French braid was well done. His hair is very shiny and well taken care of. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Andrew, for using conditioner and serum. Now we're going to go to Saumur, France. And so you speak French c- completely fluently, right? Un petit peu, oui. Okay. Um, so you can be our Amira. Like I said, I do one accent. It's not region specific. It's the same for Russia, Sweden, and Pakistan. So Bonjour. They show her prancing majestically through the great fields of Saumur in her thigh-high suede boots and mini dress. It's a Versace. She says Saumur is very boring for a single woman. Just her and the grapes and the heels. Yeah. Or the thigh highs. Yeah. With that mane. Like I said, she was like a majestic horse just prancing with her mane of hair streaming behind her. All you have to do is add like a couple cats and that's basically what Susie Sue is doing. She's just out in the French countryside, like, not doing anything. But she's not 28 hot as fucking single, like Amira is. Um, Amira's hobby is makeup. She likes to buy makeup and look at makeup news every day. She just kind of laughs and she's like, it's my thing. And as an adult woman with sitting in a room full of collectibles, I don't begrudge her that. I love makeup, too. So Andrew and Amira met on... um, an international dating service. This ubiquitous international dating app that they never mentioned by name. It's such a clumsy term, and they all use it. Yeah. And it's just like, and I was walking through a meadow one day until I decided to pop open my phone and use international dating service. <laughs> so they they corresponded on this international dating service. International for, dating service. <laughs> for two years he says he, they would meet and see each other every two months. So unlike some people on this show, they, they have like a relationship and they met in Vegas for the first time. And he said his heart was beating like a cartoon cat, which I thought was kind of cute. And then three days later, he proposed to her in Vegas. She says he makes her feel like a princess. Okay. So I think the thing is too, is that, they are both romantic people. When she talks about what she thinks about every day, besides makeup, it's it's romance. It's the perfect love. It's She's feeling her fantasy, right? Yes. He proposed they applied for the K-1 visa, and then they finally got it a year later, right when Corona hit. Do you think he's horny? Do I think Andrew's horny? Yeah. Not on a level that some of these other people are, but he's a red-blooded man. It's going to be interesting to see the two of them together they really lean on his preschool daycare worker persona and that's not a horny persona it's not like (laughs) it could be like the straight cis male looking for mr goodbar like he's a daycare worker by day and at night he's like looking for like dominatrixes to beat the shit out of him and you know we don't know that he's not using that night international dating service (laughs) (laughs) know that he's not wearing that night outfit and other sort of scenes 
shall yeah. we say. He's yeah. He might have a closet full of all kinds of velvets and rubbers and latexes satins. and satins. And yeah, we don't know what fabrics he dabbles in. I guess we'll just have to find out. We will find out. My spider sense is tinkling that I am going to end up hating Andrew. But we'll see. Um, that's the fun part about this show. It's always a surprise who yeah. you end up hating the most. So their K-1 visa kicks in right when the travel ban does. And then that sucks because it sounds like they've only got, once you get your visa, you've got a certain amount of time to use it. And then it expires and you have to reapply. So he kind of in the shady thing st- talks about how he knows all kinds of workarounds and loopholes. And so they're going to meet in Mexico. And then he's going to try to get her into the U.S. from Mexico and then their 90 days will start. I have actually talked about this with friends of mine who like don't even watch this show just because it's just like such a harebrained, yeah, crazy idea that like, oh, I watched this show where their visa has started and they need to be together so they can be married. So she's flying during coronavirus. It's, yeah. It sounds like June 2020 to Mexico City to quarantine and then I guess drive into the United States? Yeah. He just said basically that he, I just assumed Reddit for some reason that he saw on some message board that another French girl did this and she had no problems and it went fine. We know from the brutal speed bag flash forwards that it does not end up going well for Amira, which is too bad because so far she seems pretty lovely. She's very striking and stunning. I love Mm -hmm. her face. For someone that's into makeup, she actually doesn't overdo it. It's artfully applied and tasteful. And um, I think that might be all of her hair. So. Did you seriously just say that? I know. I think that's wow. I think that hair is all actually growing out of her body. I think you also just described her or at least her makeup as tasteful, which I I think we should take a moment of pause and just realize what show we're watching and you know <laughs> that these are adjectives that are actually being used huh. maybe for the first time ever. So, let's uh let's marinate in that. And as much as we've been dissing on butt hair, I actually support Amira's choice to have hair down to her ass because it is like, it's really lovely and glossy and healthy and it's still not my jam, but you You love glossy butt hair. I do love glossy butt hair. If you're going to have your butt hair, that shit needs to be cared for and glossy. I like a Marcel wave in my butt hair. (laughs) So are you ready to go to Virginia Beach? And hang out with some hella hot sauce. Am I ever? Get your sauce on with Tariq. He's going to go meet his friend Angela, and together they're going to shop for a smoking hot powder blue tux for him to meet Hazel at the airport in because he believes that a powder blue suit will get him cool points with Hazel. Well, it is her favorite color. Yeah. And to be honest, I think he looks adorable. Okay, hot take. I liked it. I thought he looked handsome. I thought Angela coached him into doing this sort of powder blue kitschy tux thing in a very wearable way. And they did a tie in a little bit of a different color. I enjoyed it. And I thought he looked great. I agree. Completely. Ain't nothing wrong with Tariq on the outside. No. Uh, The inside is just filled with like sad soup. (laughs) Flaming hot Cheetos. Hella hot sauce. Hella hot sauce. That's God. <laughs> He's just. Um, yeah. He meets up with his best friend, Angela. They've known each other for forever. So she's his come to Jesus buddy. And she talks about how she thought he was completely insane when he talked about this whole thing with Hazel. And I think that, you know, she's been through the whole minty situation. They get into his relationship with his brother, Dean. And this is when I figured out. But goddammit, here we are again. Tariq was on Before the 90 Days Season 2. And there's been, like, all kinds of shit and all kinds of backstory that we don't know because we didn't watch that show. And now we're going to have to. He has a brother named Dean. And the deal with Dean, apparently, is that when he was hooking up with Hazel and Minty and all this stuff started, that apparently Dean told him that he was crazy and that this whole thing was stupid and, and really went off on him about it really aggressively and not in a kind way. 
And then he turned around and did the same thing. He met a lady on WhatsApp and like went to the Philippines and is like living with her. And when Tariq called him out on it, he's like, oh, oh, that's totally different. Dean sucks from what I've seen of Dean. But Tariq doesn't deal with it in a super classy way because he ends up like screaming into his phone in the middle of the Starbucks. And even his friend Angela is kind of like, oh, this is uncomfortable. We've all been there, haven't we? I thought that was a strange choice. I mean, I would step outside. I don't feel comfortable screaming into my (laughs) phone and having like really intense personal conversations uh, in a business establishment. There's a certain business establishment for it. Like there's there's (laughs) nothing like just a just a really bitter bitch fest in the middle of a Yankee candle. (laughs) Yeah, I take all my bill shit to Bath and Body Works. That's the only place that I feel comfortable calling my mom a cunt or something. Um, I would never, by the way, my mother is perfect. You've met Francine, you know. Like, what did you say to me? I'm like, oh, uh, country apple body lotion. Mom, <laughs> mom, this is what I want. Thank you. He talks about how he's worried about Hazel getting along with Arya because she's special needs. And he just talks about how you have to have so much patience to deal with her. And he's worried about Hazel. Yeah, there's that. That happened. He bought his suit. Okay, let's go to Seattle, where Mike and Natalie are getting ready to leave their really cool looking condo. And it sounds like they fucked a bunch because Natalie talks about how last night was great, and how their relationship has ups and downs. But in the bedroom, we only have ups. And she points a finger up at the ceiling in case we're not getting her entendres. Do you think he has to like pinch the tip of his dick and then like run to the bathroom and like shoot it in the (laughs) toilet? Because you know, you know, she's like some sort of like satanic sperm witch, right? You know, she's all about that baby. I really don't want to think about these things, but here I'm, we are. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I'll be here for a while. Thank you. Yeah, I think this is making you think about more heterosexual sex than you would probably like. I'm sorry, I n- I haven't thought about that before. Oh my god, this is making me think of all sorts of things. We'll, we'll get to it, but just yeah. like the need to have children is just something I've never felt. Yeah. And then to watch it coming from a male perspective in regards to Andrew. Yeah. To see it coming from a male point of view, that just that need to have children that is completely absent from my view. So yeah, it's just kind of like I'm thinking about, and my face is being thrust into ideas, behaviors, that I just don't think about at all. So it's, yeah, yeah, it is fascinating. Uterine lining, ripened cervixes. Well, no, I'm thinking about those on like a daily basis. But you know what I mean. You've seen the text messages. <laughs> Not over my breakfast sausage. Keep your clitoris away from my Jimmy Dean breakfast sandwich. <laughs> This is clearly a boundary we need to lay down, Sean. It's something I learned in J school. It's called the breakfast test. And I I, I failed the breakfast test. That's not for this time and place. Well, from clitoris to clams, uh, Mike does a horrible job <laughs> of explaining what clams are to Natalie. And it really bummed me out because I felt like that was a missed opportunity. Clams are yummy. And he was just like, there's these like things and there's like meat inside. And she's like, oh, never mind. Uh, so Uncle Bo meets them for dinner. I'm sure Uncle Bo picked up the tab there. <laughs> Uncle Bo. So Natalie, I like it. She's really trying to silver lining Uncle Bo. She goes off about how stylish he is and how great he is. And then she's like, we are not having him over to the house. Yeah, Uh, he's great. He's a lot of fun. He's not coming over. They sit down and she's like, Uncle Bo, how many drinks are you having? And then this is where Uncle Bo's like, how many they bring me? And that's the same thing. It's like, I don't necessarily find Natalie likable, but I do love that this season is full of women who set boundaries, who seem to be very clear and are willing to speak up for themselves and are articulate. God, if it's like the gay version of that, I've got my shit kicker, 13 times arrested, alcoholic uncle living on my farm. I want you to live with me for 90 days and decide if we're going to be married. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't appeal to me. 
Okay, I guess this is where we differ, because to me, the big question is, what did he get arrested for? (laughs) It's just all alcoholism-related stuff. It's just shenanigans and tomfoolery, but it's not jacking off outside of the preschool where Andrew works or something. Like, it's, it's all relatively innocuous. Like, I wouldn't leave jewelry laying, laying out around Uncle Bo. I wouldn't trust him to, you know, like Tanya's mom, I, I would guard my Jack. But I don't think he's gonna do anything like creepy. I have no patience for alcoholic shenanigans. Well, you know, I mean, it's not like I'd be excited, but I wouldn't feel personally threatened. But yes, I would be irritated. And I, w- I would not be like stoked. And she makes the point that they just want their time together, which is totally fair. I wouldn't feel threatened. He's literally toothless. But um, <laughs> yeah, Uncle Bo ain't gonna bite you. <laughs> not from the front. <laughs> So then the the poor server comes over and just gets dumped on just from like being like, hey, do do you guys need anything else? And she's basically like, yeah, can you bring me my engagement ring, please? Because she's just like, everywhere we go, my status is unclear. They haven't gone anywhere. She hasn't had to explain anything to anybody. So she just jumped on the first chance to tell the waiter that she's engaged, but doesn't know where her ring is. Surfaces, surfaces, Mm. surfaces. Well, you shouldn't have fucking thrown it at him yeah you shouldn't have literally taken it off your finger and thrown it into his suitcase on camera well the fortunate thing though too is that uncle Bo does give his blessing to this union and that's what you really want at the end of the day of all things that's what i wanted the most thank you and natalie's never lived in the woods before i think she's finally hitting her that she is going to go live in the mountains and she's asking about bears and shit I don't know about bears in that area, but there is there is uh, fauna. And that's when Uncle Bo asks what might be my favorite question of the season this far. Well, are you a tough Cocoa Puff? I still can't sound drunk enough. Are you a tough Cocoa Puff? <laughs> I, that's, and that's why I love Uncle Bo. He doesn't take himself seriously. He doesn't take anything seriously. You can stay out in the barn with him. Yeah, I'll be out in the barn with him partying. Out by the Blue Lagoon. Oh, yeah. That's where Uncle Bo probably bathes. He's got a rag and a steak and a bucket, and he's out there with the Blue Lagoon, just swabbing it all over himself. The thing we do know for certain is that he uh, he doesn't wash under the balls because that's gay. Uh, So Uncle Bo's not setting off your gaydar? Is that what you think Uncle Bo's straight? We don't have proof of that, Sean. Like, I've known a woman. <laughs> like, that whole bit that he's thrown in there a couple times. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. I'm yeah. sure he has. I don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say Uncle Bo is possibly Pan. You're, you sure, you give him a lot of credit. <laughs> I have a whole, like, fictional adventures of Uncle Bo going in my <laughs> mind. Yeah. You've got fan fiction. <laughs> I do. I write Uncle Bo fan fiction. <laughs> He has a very rich backstory that I've created for him. And I'm sure we'll see him on Before My Nephew's 90 Days, the 78th spinoff show that Discovery Plus is going to have. Yeah, we'll see him on Before My Nephew's 90 Days, Pillow Talk 5, (laughs) the prequel. Are you ready to go back to Washington, D.C. for this super fun vacation that Brandon and Julia are having? Uh, Let me, uh, sorry, let me, uh... You know what you need to do is grab that oh, goddamn grab okay. that goddamn selfie stick, Sean, because we're about to have a fun day out on the town taking pictures of Julia in front of buildings. Hey, talk about taking lemons and turning them into lemonade. I was actually happy to see how this one turned out. We've got another uh, Ukrainian woman who is just baffled by the amount of fat people in America. She's like, white people run, but fat girl that's what i asked myself when i tried running that one time i saw them like approaching the washington monument and i was just like oh my god do you think she really gives a fuck about the washington monument and just as i was thinking about it that's when we realized that she is turning it into this ultimate selfie instagram flex of all time i'm here you're not nanny nanny boo boo your mama's on crack rock Just full on bragging. And I'm very much here for it. Oh, yeah. She's very open about that. This is about her Instagram feed and showing everyone back home that she's an American. They can all suck it. They can all suck her Washington Monument and choke on it. She's hilarious. 
She just is like, I barely know who Donald Trump is. I don't give a crap about politics. It's just not my thing. And just to see Betty's, you could just hear her teeth grinding. (laughs) As it's like, Betty had the whole day planned out that Julie was going to be like, oh, so interesting. As Betty, like, gesticulated at plaques hither and yon and, like, took her to the Smithsonian. And instead, Betty and Ron are like, well, Julie has got a third arm. Did you notice? Like, she's always with that selfie stick. Have you noticed that Julia has a third arm? Yes, dear, it's called our son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then more fucking freak out about this separate room drama. Blah, 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 blah. He's got no balls, but he sure got a wiener. Mm, He is. He is a wiener. He is one. And then he says something about seeing Julia explode before. I want to see Julia explode again. I think it's coming. Quit teasing us with this. Mm, He seems to do a lot of teasing and not in the good way. And then we go back to Amira packing her whole life into one suitcase. She master times with Andrew. What'd you think about that rainbow raver hat? I think I'm going to end up hating this guy, even though on paper I should love him because he doesn't take himself seriously. And he, he does have a huge collection of fun hats. I don't think we have far to go for your kind of like initial red flags to. Oh, I think I, I start getting validation at the end of this episode from Amira's Yeah, dad. as I say, your, your, your parking at Hollywood and Highland is getting validated at the end of the episode. Yeah, but they do actually seem to have genuine affection for one another. But she's talking about how risky this whole thing is that she could get the Rona, she could get deported, all kinds of stuff could happen. I think she's legitimately afraid and not entirely cool with what she's doing. But it's happening. Yay, love. All right, let's go back to Virginia Beach. It's starting to turn a little bit, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like the, the milk is going bad. And I think, like, I think the last segment with um, Andrew's mom was the first time I've actually heard the P word pandemic said a couple times. Because... Andrew says, like, yeah, do you think I actually want to go to Mexico on vacation during a pandemic? I don't. But, you know, they've got this thing because their visa is going to expire. So. Oh, no, this all sounds it sounds like a caper. It's going to be. I mean, we know it's going to be a caper. Mm -hmm. We go to the airport with Tariq. They keep telling us it's March of 2020, which we all we all know what that means. It's really weird to kind of do this zigzag back in time where in previous seasons, like three months wouldn't be that huge of a difference. But Mm -hmm. because of this pandemic, it's really jarring to go to Andrew and hear him talking about the pandemic and how concerned they are about this international travel and then go to Tariq and Hazel, where you go to an airport and nobody's wearing masks and there isn't even a discussion. Yeah. Especially that she's coming from Philippines. I think that's why in Tariq's storyline specifically, they always preface his segments by saying it's March because they want you to know that it's, it's like starting up, but you're not seeing people in masks yet and stuff because even within March, 2020, like the first half of March was completely different than the second half of March. So it's kind of the month that it all went down, but he's standing at the bottom of the escalator I think he looks great in his blue suit. He's got flowers that match. He starts like shaking and crying as soon as she starts getting off the escalator. And it seems to concern her. I think he's like crying about the whole minty thing. They don't get a kiss vortex though. She's like also kind of sad and droopy, I think, because she's, she's had to leave her eight year old son behind. And that would suck and be hard. Yeah, I'd imagine Manila to Virginia Beach is not an easy flight. Yeah. Maybe stretch of the imagination, too. So, and boy, does she have a surprise to come home to. Well, and don't forget his cries of victory as they got as they loaded into the car. Yes. But he's, you know, all right, back to the bayou in the swamp. Yara, Sophia, and Bon Jovi are hanging out. In, Boring me to tears. In Gwen's swamp kitchen making fricassee. So Gwen's threatening to spend lots of time getting to know Yara, and she says it in a threatening way. (laughs) 
and they go into the room where it looks like they're going to stay together. Did you clock the shoe rack on the back of that door? Because I immediately had a very visceral, like, I experienced the aroma of all of those shoes and was just like, I don't want to sleep in there either, Yara. No, that's all you. That's, that <laughs> is your perception. And um, I'm kind of, given how uh, aromatic that sounded, I'm kind of <laughs> glad that I didn't notice that uh, shoe rack. So thank you. You know what? I, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They talk about the fricassee, Yara, even though she said it was good. She says not so much tasty, which I'm like, really? Gwen's homemade fricassee? She says it's like flavorless. She said it tasted like nothing. I just find that mm. hard to believe. Well, it's like, A, she's complaining again. Oh, uh, well, know. that is her love language. It is. Complaining is her love language. <laughs> and I think she also kind of enjoys it, too. I think Ugh. she I think she kind of enjoys being contrarian. That's why I if their relationship blows up in flames spectacularly, it's they're both going to be better off for it. And I don't know if we're gonna get that. I feel like so far Jovi's just um she's exhausting him. He's constantly trying to just like get her to stop complaining at the very least, and it's mm-hmm. wearing him down quickly. Her quote about LaRose, Louisiana is everybody die here. Which yeah. That's a small rural town in America. Once again, she's talking about how she doesn't want a wedding. What does she want? What does Yara want? It's strange because it's like she needs somebody else to do it for her. and But then she needs to complain about it. But she can't go out and like do it herself. This apartment is not what I want. But are you going to go out and get the apartment you want? And no. Let's go back to Robert in California where he's hanging out with his sister Connie. And she's pissed because he's... What woman is angry that a man isn't going to be at her baby shower? Like, what is a fucking baby shower? Like, let's be, let's, I mean, let's be real. It's a whole other podcast, Sean. I understand the function of it. Like, it's yeah. it's a wonderful thing to throw a party for an expectant mother and provide her with a number of different items as gifts that she will need in order to raise the child. Like, that's that's brilliant. But just attaching so much meaning to having your brother there it just seems bizarre who really needs a man at a baby shower and i don't speak for all gay men but most gay guys i know are okay with not doing like a baby shower or a bachelorette party just do your thing like it's it's a woman's realm because the thing is, I do know, as the, if you're the only man sitting at the table at Thunder from Down Under, the dancers won't approach the table if there's a man sitting there because they don't want to come off as gay. It's like some things just need to be for the women. So the fact that she's all butthurt that he's not going to be at her baby shower just seems very bizarre to me. Most baby showers don't involve male strippers, but it is traditionally because... You initially need a lot of furniture and equipment for the baby. So, yeah, it's a way to, to get that to her. It's It sounds like they're just very close. It's a reason for them to, like, sit at a table and sip beverages, I guess. I didn't even think about the fact, too, they talk about how Robert and Amira are going to have to, like, get to Mexico and then quarantine. And then before they can... Oh, God, this whole thing just looks like a nightmare. And then they talk about how initially when Robert and Amira got together, she said she did want kids. Now she's changing her mind. Also, when they kind of pan away, we notice that his sweatshirt is a dragon sweatshirt. I am not so out of it when I watched this show that I didn't notice <laughs> that. There's That was a little much. We shall see. He might... War uh, yeah. will be revealed. I think it's almost like... Like, again, Robert, wait, okay, I just, I've been calling him, now I'm calling him Robert, his name is fucking Andrew, I kind of, do we have to do this all over? Jesus fucking Christ, he is Andrew, and he is wearing a dragon sweatshirt, um, I just don't, I don't want to talk about him anymore, let's just move on, (laughs) what is happening (laughs) with the names with us lately? What did he do to you? Well, I think it's just like, I'm just so scarred by Robert. Oh, that's a sad admission. (laughs) He's, he's harming more people than he knows, you know? Oh my God. 
All right, back to Washington, D.C., and Brandon and Julia are gallivanting around town. They ditch Betty for lunch, which, again, seems to piss her off, but I support that. It's almost like you know you're doing the right thing if Betty's irritated. But they even mention at the meal, it's like, last dance, last chance for love, because it's like, you gotta send them off now, because pretty soon you're going to be down on the farm. Yeah. I don't think she knows how, how in the shit she's going to be she's going she's going to be in the shot see and this is where we find out that she kind of does and that's why she's so aggressively like pushing back because she starts to talk about that she has been in this situation before where she was with someone and they lived with his family and it went very very badly and she did not enjoy it and she does not want as she says repeat situation she basically is like either way she's like if we live with your folks we're going to fight and we're going to fight about it. If we move away, we're going to fight about that. So she's basically like, which are we going to do? He could have avoided all of this. It just is his whole thing is his hand in his head, you know, like, Oh, my mom, my mom. It's like, no dude, you, 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 Mm -hmm. you're like a penis with two brain cells. (laughs) Yep. That's him. Yeah, he's trying to pass those two brain cells off for testicles, but they're they're just not. He thought that he could just weasel his way out of this whole situation, just be like, oh, that's what my mom says. Like, sorry, Julia. Oh, mm, I just have, there's nothing I can do. I've got, you know, it's nothing to do with me. It's my parents. And if he would have been honest and at least given her a heads up, she would have had time to sort of negotiate and prepare. And he fucking... You can't spring these things on someone after they've flown from the Ukraine for 30 hours. I don't have my financial shit together. I'm living with my parents. They're conservative. They say if you fly over here for the visa process, that if we are unmarried, we cannot sleep in the same room. We would have, you would sleep in separate bedrooms. There, I just did it. Yep. I'm sorry. I know it's not what either of us want, but it's just for the 90 days because I've spent all my money and then some on you. Him and Mike, they had some money. They got involved in all of this. They spent all the money and now they don't have any. So it's Brandon and Julia's last night to fuck in a hotel room. So they they've got to just really focus on that. It's gonna be something we did get a flash forward at the end of like julia literally shoveling pig shit so all right back to Tariq and hazel in virginia yeah let's leave them in that hotel room i don't want to know no we're like betty we don't want to know we know but we don't want to hear it we don't want it in our faces so Tariq and hazel are going to their home after two and a half years they're finally together our home our home our home hazel it's messy i don't it's not dirty it looks like a single dad that works and has a kid it could be better but at least it's something that living room was clean did you see how clean it was it was just like they focused on i don't know if that was like yogurt or like french onion soup or what that was that was just left on the counter but yeah it's like the house looked clean but lived in yeah it's a single parent give him a break Exactly. I could kind of see both ways on this one because she was basically like, oh, nice. You basically bring me here to a house that I can clean. She thinks that Tariq's house is scary. It's too much space. She can't process it. I kind of liked seeing this side of things. It's sort of like the flip side of Juliana, where she's just very overwhelmed. It's so much more than what she's used to. It's so different. She does not trust that dishwasher and she will not use it. Her hands her hands honey <laughs> i don't get it but you know it's not it's not up for me to get it really what, what that's about? kind of the whole show and the, the whole show in a nutshell it's not up for me to get it no this isn't about you sean this is about Tariq and hazel and that she's gonna wash those dishes by hand because she needs to know that they're clean looking looking at that dishwasher i yeah maybe maybe she's right i maybe wouldn't trust it either yeah that's some 25 year old Kenmore shit and that was not the top of the line model when it was new but I'm sure it works you know I think because just didn't Hazel live in this kind of atmosphere too where it's like you are you are going to get your water if you want hot water you are heating it up on a stove like yeah I get it it's scary it's weird okay back to Saumur France with Amira and she's having her last cafe with her papa she's an only child 
So he's sending her off and he's not happy about it. Mm-mm. This is interesting. Amira's dad says Andrew is pushy, that all he does is make Amira cry. He says that basically Andrew is pressuring Amira into this, which lines up with sort of what she was like saying without saying in the last segment was if it was up to her, she wouldn't be doing this, but this is what Andrew wants and she loves him. So she's going to do it. She says that Andrew told her that if she didn't do the trip, he would resent her forever. And that doesn't sound like healthy communication to me. And and then she was like, forever, ever, forever, ever. (laughs) And he said, forever, ever, forever, ever. At the same time, I think that Andrew was right. And his name is not Robert. And that (laughs) knowing what we know now about the pandemic, they might have been squeezing in under the door here. Mm -hmm. It it didn't get any better. (laughs) Things didn't get any easier. I'll be interested to see how this goes. It's so weird. So back to Mike and Natalie in Squim. Speaking of scary houses. I was about to say, let's cue up Nick Cave's murder ballads and let us drive into the woods. The cold, cold night in Squim. Yeah. (sighs) The wind is whooshing. The whole thing is like a horror movie, according to Natalie. The drive there, the house, the woods. It's all terrifying. The cats. The whole thing's a horror movie. Everything about it. Uncle Bo over here. Cats over there. Dyed water. Woods. Snow. I'm not a fan of hers, but she has moments where she gets me. Like, she has a moment where she's walking into the house and she says in Russian, like, are you fucking kidding me? And it's it's just hilarious. Natalie's such a fucking weirdo. The looks on her face when she walks yeah. around the house are yeah. just, they're unfortunate for Mike, but they're just as a viewer, it's just, oh my god, yeah. hilarious. I think as an American human, you're kind of peripherally aware that the rest of the world views us in this very Hollywood inaccurate way, that we are all basically living maybe just a half step below Kardashians, like you and me, just everyone in America. And so, again, to see a foreign national realize that, like, no, actually, you know, most of America is pretty fucked up and poor and weird. And Mike, I think, is even, like, he's living a little, a step above Robert, but the house is small, her word, and cold. I mean, that's the kind of house that you wear your slippers, you wear your sweatpants, and you wear a jacket in the house. That's squim. (laughs) Well, yeah, I love it. She's like, why is it cold? And he's like, it's winter. Yeah, because <laughs> we live in the mountains. Like, did you not trudge through all of this snow? Natalie says, Mike wasn't prepared. House wasn't clean. It's not comfortable. I didn't think it looked unclean. No, I just don't think it's what she... It's not It's not the Airbnb. Yeah. You know, she's, she's in a rural farm home. Yeah in Squim, Washington. Yeah. I, I just don't think she was ready for that. Yeah. I was th- I, she was ready for the Airbnb in Seattle. I don't yeah. think she was ready for for Squim. Yeah, Natalie likes America and she likes Seattle. She does not like Squim. Is there a taco time in Squim? I would bet. Like, if he, he should have just, like, whipped her through there, she would have been fine, quite frankly. <laughs> Get that girl a crispy beef burrito, and there's not a lot of things that doesn't fix. Ooh, now I want one. I Isn't that... I'm sorry. Oh, God. It's like I'm vegan and I'm I'm plugging for them. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Something Taco Time did something really good for you one time because you love them almost as much as I do. What are the tater tots called? Mexi fries. (laughs) Oh God! Now I got to get some Mexi fries tonight. Um, I feel like the house is clean. I know you enjoyed her sort of Roman Polanski curled up in that recliner, just quietly freaking out. I know you enjoyed that. Just her eyes bulging yes. out of her head. Oh, she was having a full-on Catherine Deneuve repulsion moment in that <laughs> in that massage chair. Yeah. She lifted up the DVD case of Mrs. Doubtfire and a hand came through <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, Mike's actually got the uh, VHS cassette from the ring. He never passed it on, but nothing happened. It was fine. <laughs> it's Uncle Bo. <laughs> <laughs> 
he came out of the well. I don't think that property has a well. It's just got the blue lagoon. Yeah, that's. And if it's Uncle Bo telling you you're going to die in seven days, you're not going to be able to understand him. So I don't think the curse kicks in. Like she literally could not understand a word that Uncle Bo was saying between like the dental situation and just the squim of it all. (laughs) That was kind of a fun, charming scene in the restaurant. It was like a who's on first moment. And that was her sort of having her realization curled up in that chair was pretty much the end of the show. And then we get our flash forward where Zaid gets a haircut and looks, dare we say, better. (laughs) better that's the adjective i'll use better dare we say better improved i'll give him improved yeah 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 i'm happy about it yara and jovi go furniture shopping and they get into it at ashley home furniture about like a fake fur rug if you don't want yara to pick out tacky shit for your apartment then don't take her to the store that sells the tacky shit you dumb dumb yeah if you don't want macy's furniture gallery Don't take her to the Macy's Furniture Gallery. Go to the Ikea Death Star on the other side of the five. Yep. And that was it. So that was episode three. Do you have a Lana poem that we haven't heard yet? Bookmarked? Oh, God. Okay, we'll do the title poem. Violet bent backwards over the grass. I went to a party. I came in hot. Made decisions beforehand. My mind made up. Things that would make me happy. To do them or not. Each option weighed quietly, a plan for each thought. Then I walked through the door, past the open concept, and saw Violet bent backwards over the grass, seven years old with dandelions grasped tightly in her hands, arched like a bridge in a fallen handstand, grinning wildly like a madman, with the exuberance that only dreams. Nothing can bring, waiting for the fireworks to begin. And in that moment, I decided to do nothing about everything forever. Oh, thank you, David Attenborough. You're welcome. <laughs> I like how Lana just shifted. There. She took on a tone. It's been real, it's been nice. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. We had Uncle Boo. Uncle Boo. Uncle Boo. That scallywag. All right, well, let's do it again in a week. What do you say? I, I say I can't be near you. The light just. <laughs>